You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and today we're looking at who is your enemy? Who is the enemy? Today on Words of Encouragement. Well, this morning, the battle we face battle we face. Each one of us faces a battle in life. Just living on this earth, we're going to face battles. We're going to face different things that come our way. And sometimes we mislabel the enemy in our lives. And we have, uh, I've seen it done a lot this past year. I've seen a lot of mislabeling of who the enemy is. As I've watched people navigate this past year, I've seen some very strong feelings that people have on every single issue that has been brought up. I've seen some who are strongly for an issue. I've seen others who are strongly against an issue. Uh, the ones that are not strongly for or strongly against an issue are left in the middle trying to find out where they stand. And it's not because they're ignorant. It's because they have lost trust in their sources of information. And they don't know really which way to go. And so there are people there. You, you know, some of us are sitting here this morning thinking, well, my goodness, it's not that hard. Well, when you've lost trust in sources, it is difficult. And uh, we just have to agree that there are some who are not fully in a spot yet as to whether they, how they see issues. They, they do not want to lose relationships over issues that are not of eternal value, so they are regulated to silence. They just don't talk about it. You know, it's just best not to talk about it. If we can't, you know, if we, if we don't want, we value our friendships more. And that's important, and that's a good thing. Relationships are gifts from God. Each relationship that we have with, with another person brings worth and value and a certain joy and variety to our lives. I, don't, my, I personally do not want to live in an echo chamber where everybody believes just like I do because then I don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I'll bring something up and they, oh, yeah, 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 I, 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 I see that same way. Uh, okay. Uh, well, about this. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, I believe the same way you do on that. Oh. Uh, I, I want to have someone to talk with on an issue, not to argue, not to argue, but to talk about an issue and to flesh out uh, maybe a little better how I feel or maybe even, oh my goodness, I'm wrong. And I'd like to think that I'm a big enough person to uh, say that I'm wrong on that. And my goodness, I think I now understand what you're saying. And it's important that we as Christians are able to discuss issues and not to lose friends or family members over issues that come our way. That's just a little ridiculous to uh, regulate people out of our lives, you know, to just, to just push people away because they just don't see it like I do. We make people the enemy. In the midst of all that we're facing, we must continually keep in mind who our enemy is. And our enemy is not another human being. I hope that made sense. And I hope you heard me. The enemy is not a fellow human being. Whether it be a fellow American, a fellow Brazilian, a fellow anything. 
in the enemy is not another human being. If you are able to stand, I ask that you would in honor of the reading of the Word of God as we look at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. The Bible says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. May God open up this word that is His word to our hearts today. I want to invite you to be seated. Paul calls on the Christians in Ephesus to be strong. He has just spent time writing to this church, speaking of the greatness of the purpose of God in Christ. He wrote of the glory of God's high calling and the life that should follow from it. The standards have been set, the standards for our personal life, for our life in the fellowship of the Christian community, and in the more intimate circle of our home. Paul is reminding his readers that a life cannot be lived without a spiritual battle. We are going to face battles in our lives. And until we grasp the fact that there is a spiritual world and that there are spiritual forces out there, we're going to be fighting people instead of the enemy. Look at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We're encouraged here. Paul is encouraging them to be strong, he's encouraging us to be strong. The only way we're going to be able to be strong is with and in the power of God. This is a spiritual battle. It is not one we fight alone. Many have tried in their own power and in their own strength to do it and they have failed. The only way you and I fight spiritual battles is with the strength and the power of God. This cleaving to Him, this leaning on Him and away from the world's way of fighting. We have to lean on him. And I look, I this fighting spiritual battles, it's it, it's not it's not doing it on our own. It is doing it leaning on the Lord. It's leaning on him. It's talking with him. It's walking with him. It's knowing him. In knowing Him, in walking with Him, in having communication with Him, we have the strength to fight our spiritual battles. We don't do any of that. We have no strength. We are to be strong in the Lord. The second thing, Paul tells the Ephesians to put on the armor. Put on the armor. I love Paul. I love him. He tells us to be strong in the Lord, but he doesn't just walk off then. You know, I could have done that to you this morning. I could have done that with you this morning. I could have come in here and told you, you all just need to be strong in the Lord. Let's pray and go home. I could have done that. Paul could have done that when he wrote the Ephesians. He could have just said, y'all be strong, all right? <laughs> go, go, you know, go for it proud of y'all. I mean, he could have just, he could have just th thrown that out, but he does not leave them hanging, and he doesn't leave us hanging. He tells us how to be strong in the Lord. Look at verse 11. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. Boy, does he have some. So what do we see? What do we see here? We see that the strength of God is found in putting on the full armor of God. Well, what does that mean? Paul is referring to our union, our union with Christ. It's the relationship. It's all about that relationship that we have with Him. We have to have a good relationship with Jesus. And when we do, that is what He's referring to. When we continually walk with Him, when we continually bathe ourselves in the waters of His Word, when we clothe ourselves with His Word every day, we're wearing the armor of God. And we will have the strength we need to face the spiritual battles we face. We will, we will have the strength we need to stand firm. Paul talks a lot about standing firm. The benefit of wearing the armor of God. The benefit of being clothed in Christ. The benefit of walking daily with Him is having the ability to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now that is huge. For you and I to stand against the plans of the devil, the schemes of the devil, the stuff he's doing. We've got to be able to stand with Jesus. We've got to be able to walk with Him. When we do, we can stand against the devil. Look at that. How many people try to fight the devil with their own power oh well I'll just I'll just avoid I'll just I, I, I can say no I can say no I can do it I can do it and the next thing we know we've said yes oh well I think I can figure this out I, I'll be all right the devil I know the devil wants me to say this but oh if this person oh if this person pushes me oh if that person pushes me one more step I'm, I'm gonna have to tell them how I think about them whoa if you're not walking with the Lord if you're not allowing His Holy Spirit to enable you and to empower you to live the life that God wants you to live, you're not going to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He may have some grand plans for you and you may wind up even acting on all of that. But it's as small as, 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 as saying something you know you shouldn't. The devil says, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If they push you one more step, you just let them have it. And you're just ready. You're thinking in your head already. They say one more thing, I'm going to let them have it. Where's the Holy Spirit in all of that? Where is Jesus to be found in that behavior? Where is Jesus to be found in that situation? Oh, well, I, I, I'm just not thinking about him. This person's bothering me, Brother Craig, and I'm, i I, I got to set them straight. Where is Jesus? I always look for Jesus. Where is he in those situations? Notice standing firm against the schemes of the devil is not done. It's not done with our own mental capabilities, but with God's. This takes effort on our part. But the effort is in leaning on and listening to the Lord. This effort is, is, is oh boy, it, it, it's, it's not just trying and trying and trying. It's trying and doing. It's doing. If we keep trying the way we do things... Handling it the way we think we should be, you know, the way, the way we think it ought to be handled. We're going to keep failing, and we're going to fail. We're going to fail. We're going to fail, and we're going to be so upset that it just didn't work out. And this little situation that was so small at one point has just gotten huge. Why? Because we never 
leaned on the Lord in the first place. We never walked with Him. We never faced the issue with Him. We faced it by ourselves. It's almost as if we were David without the trust in God, facing a Goliath, and we were just standing there with our eyes big, and we're thinking, now what? What do we do? We walk with Jesus, and we meet the battle. We meet the issue head on. But we walk with Jesus when we do it. What are these schemes of the devil? Just a few of them. Just a few of them. If we had time, we'd run through a long list of the schemes of the devil. But just a few of them. Anger. Division. Boy, he loves to get people riled up. Boy, he loves to do that. If he can get the anger flowing between two people, well, wow, that just... Boy, it really makes them, you know, unusable in God's hands if they're fighting each other. Hey, wow, if we can get these Christians over here and these Christians over here, if we can just turn them on each other, if, I, if we can do that, if the devil and his demons can make that happen, then what good are those Christians doing in, for and in the kingdom of God? He loves to do that. He loves to divide. Boy, he loves to divide. Have we seen some of that this past year? I think we have. He loves to call, cause division. A lack of forgiveness can be a reflection of yielding to the devil. A lack of forgiveness. Boy, that, that can be a sign that, there is, that the divisiveness of the devil himself is at play in your life. Well, I just can't forgive them. Brother Craig, you don't know. You just don't have a clue. I have a clue about who God is, and I have a clue that He has a mighty power within Him, and I have a clue that His Holy Spirit lives in the heart of every believer, and I have a clue that God has enabled you and me to be able to forgive those who have wronged us in the most terrible ways. I have a clue. I hope that you have it. Failing to forgive someone in your life allows the devil to get his foot in the door of your mind. You realize that? Oh, well, I've just, you know, well, Brother Craig, I've got this list of people. Well, I wouldn't say that. Oh, I, Brother Craig, don't listen to me. Yeah, but you've got a list of people that you avoid, and it's amazing. You can go and you, you, you consider it a, a victory if you can make it out into the world and make it to Walmart or make it to the grocery store and not see those people or have to talk to those people because they have wronged you. And if I can just make it there and make it home... It's been a good day, Brother Craig. Oh, it's been a good day. But you haven't forgiven them. What if God treated us that way? What if God avoided contact with us because we wronged him? And he just doesn't want to deal with that. He doesn't want to forgive us. What if God did that? Oh my goodness, the devil has his little schemes and he uses them well. But once you fail to forgive someone, you allow the devil to come in and wreak havoc in your life. And that's a fact. Scripture refers to him as the anointed cherub, the ruler of the demons, the god of this world, the prince of the power of the air. His goal is to, to oppose God's work, pervert God's work, hinder God's servants, hinder the gospel, and, and, and snaring the righteous. That's what the devil does. And boy, he does a good job. I wish he didn't. But we can say no. 
We're to put on the armor of God so that we may stand against the schemes of the devil. We're to walk in this word. We're to walk with Jesus in such a way that when the schemes of the devil come, we know what they are. We see it. We're able to step back and go, whoa, wait a minute. That is not of God. That is not of God. I am not going there. We're to put on the armor of God so that we may stand against the schemes of the devil. The third thing, Paul reminds the Ephesians who the enemy is. To me, this next verse is one of the most important verses for us to remember while living on this earth as believers. It can guide us in our darkest relationships to remember that people matter to God and they also should to us. Listen to verse 12 again. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul uses a word which is translated struggle for us. We struggle not. The struggle is not. The word he uses here is a struggle as in hand-to-hand combat. Oh my goodness, wait a minute. Brother Craig, I've seen some movies. Yeah, why are you watching those movies about those devils and stuff? And it's hand-to-hand. I mean, oh my goodness. Paul uses this this language to, to make it real for us, to help us to understand that this is real. The spiritual world is a real world. And there are things that happen in that world, and we must face those who are in that world. But remember, this is a spiritual battle that must be bought, must be fought with spiritual weapons. Must be fought with spiritual weapons. The battle is not against people, but against a collection of spiritual forces. Theologian D.L. Bach wrote this. He said, This is not a normal, normal battle, nor should believers think of the opposition in normal human terms. Although Paul put it that way so we could understand. He says, To think in human terms is a mistake of cosmic proportions. When we face opposition, when we face opposition when speaking for Christ, we cannot look at those who oppose us as being guided by their disagreeability or by their political views. It may appear that way, but if, we, if they are truly opposing God's word, then forces of darkness are behind them. Forces of darkness are behind them if they are opposing the word of God. It, we cannot look at them and blame them for those views. This is a spiritual battle, not a human one. The forces of darkness are out there using all the people they can to fight against God. You may look at people who are politically opposed to your views and think that they are the problem. No, the problem is much more serious than other humans on the planet who do not agree with you and me. If, if, and I say this very, very carefully, if you have studied God's word and you have prayed, And you have taken great care to be led of the Holy Spirit. And you have the belief. You see a belief that you see as being opposed. Then and only then are you assured that a spiritual battle is occurring. That said, people matter. Even when they are wrong according to God's word, they matter. They have value. They have worth. 
They may be controlled by the forces of darkness, but they as individuals on the face of this planet matter and still should be treated respectfully. Oh my goodness, really brother Craig? No, they deserve, no, you, you and I deserve to go to hell because of the sin of Adam. They deserve the same. But we can't say they deserve to be mistreated in this world. We can't say that. Oh, they just deserve it. Well, they just don't see it like I do, Brother Craig, so they deserve to be mistreated. No, no, no. No, they have value and worth in the eyes of Almighty God. And His Son Jesus died on that cross for them. He took their sin on Himself, the Bible tells us. So we don't, we don't have a right to mistreat people just simply because they don't see things our way. We still treat them with respect. We still treat them nicely because we want them to know who God is. We want them to know that He's a loving God. And that, do you realize, do you realize what happens? You mistreat someone who's mistreated you. You mistreat someone who doesn't believe the same way you do. You do that and they say, well now see, look, mm-hmm. Yeah, those Christians, they are, huh? And they will push you. And they will push you. But you stand firm. You stand firm. You stand strong in the Lord. And you show them the love of Jesus anyway. You watch. You do it and you do it and you do it. And at some point they will crack. At some point they will start asking questions. What's wrong with you? I've treated you horribly. Why haven't you treated me the same? What is wrong with you? Why do you keep loving me? Why do you keep treating me respectfully? What is wrong with you? And the door is open. And you can say why you've treated them that way. You've got a door open. You mistreat them, the door is shut. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They figure you're just like everybody else. There's no door opening for you to share with them about Jesus. They have value and they have worth. No one deserves to be devalued simply because they do not agree with you or me. Our enemies, who are the enemies? Our enemies are the rulers, the powers, the world forces of the darkness. The last thing, Paul tells the Ephesians what to do. Look at verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything, to what? Stand firm. God wants you and I standing firm. He doesn't want us backing down, but He doesn't also want us running over people. But He wants us to stand firm against who? Against the schemes of the devil. Against what? The schemes of the devil. This is scary to think about. If it's a spiritual battle and not one against flesh and blood, how do we fight it? We have to use those spiritual weapons. Verse 13, it says, the the phrase take up. Uh, It says, uh, therefore take up. That means to take up or to receive and to take up. Paul is saying you have these weapons. You have these weapons that he's about to talk about. He says you have these. You take them up. He doesn't say go find them. He says you take them up. You have them. They're with you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you have these weapons available to you. We have these weapons. And Paul says take them up. Grab hold of them. They're in your closet. You just need to take them up and use them. Do not leave them on the kitchen counter when you leave home, all right? Boy, that happens, doesn't it? We, we leave a lot of stuff at home. We leave and we think, oh, I'm the, I'm the best 
at leaving stuff. Ask Suzanne how many times on a Sunday morning I come home after I've already come over here. But we can't afford to leave these things that we're going to talk about next Sunday, these, these articles, uh, these uh, armor, these pieces of armor. We can't afford to leave these when we leave our home. We've got to take them with us. This armor offers protection and weapons for attack. With both available, we're able to stand up to the struggle that is a part of the evil day, which is the present evil age. These are evil days that we, will, that we all face And it's not a reference to the end times. That's not what Paul's talking about here. Paul says we can be successful in resisting if we will just pick up this armor. We will be more than likely, we will more than likely give in if we're not using the armor and the weapons that God gives to us. In fact, we will be able to resist. We will be able to resist the schemes of the devil if we put on this armor. That's hope. Look, that is is truth from God's word. That is fact. From God's word. If we take up this armor, we can stand against the schemes of the devil. How many of you have wondered, well, I just, you know, it's just so hard, Brother Craig. I mean, you know, he just keeps coming at me. He just keeps coming at me over and over. And I just just don't know. I don't know what to do. Stand firm. Be strong. Put on the armor of God. Walk with him. Walk with him. It's the only way you can face and stand firm against the schemes of the devil. He cannot gain ground on us if we're wearing the armor of God. We're to be strong in the Lord. We're to put on this armor of God. Our enemies, who are our enemies? They're not other people. They're the rulers, the powers, the world forces of the darkness. The armor of God aligns us with Christ and helps us to stand our ground against the devil. You and I have the power to say no to the devil. We've got the power. It's inside of us. If you have trusted in Christ, if you have given your heart to him, if you've given your life to Christ, then you have that power to say no. You can say no to the devil. And you can mean it, and you'll see results. But you've got to walk with the Lord. You've got to walk with Jesus. I've got to walk with Jesus. I can't just sit back and think, well, I'll just, you know, I'm just not going to spend as much time this week with the Lord, and I'll be okay. And the devil's sitting there waiting. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a dog waiting for you to make that move. Oh, I think I, I forgot my, I forgot my, uh, my glass. I, I didn't get my drink. And you leave the table and your food is on the table and you go and get that drink. And the moment you do, there went your food. Goodness, I was just just off guard for just a moment. But that's how the devil works. He's just waiting to jump on you, waiting. I don't want you to live in fear. But if you walk with the Lord, you can stand against him. You can say no to him. Things can be better than they are. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And we ask, O Lord, that if there's someone here in this place that does not have the comfort, your comfort, does not have your armor to put on, does not have that trust and that faith that they need, Father, I pray today they would give their heart to you. Lord, that they wouldn't wait any longer, but that they would simply turn their heart and their lives over to you. And just say, look, I 
I've sinned. I need to be forgiven of my sin. God, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you come into my heart? Would you be in charge of my life? Maybe somebody here just needs to make that decision to follow Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've already made that decision and you're thinking, wow, there is a way to stand firm against the devil? Yes, there is. There is. Walk with Jesus. Make an effort every day to do that. Make an effort every day to be in His Word, to hear from Him, to talk with Him. He would love to hear from you every day. Talk with the Lord. Just take some time this week to do that. Father, we thank You for Your great love for us. We thank You for enabling us and empowering us to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Lord, You have made that possible for us, and we give You thanks today. Lord, we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement today. I hope that through this sermon that you have realized that your neighbor, those who do not look like you, those who may have different political views from you, are not the enemy. The devil is our enemy. Too many times we just get we get swayed and we think, well, just because someone doesn't agree with us, they, we, we just want to throw them out and mistreat them. But that is not what God has called us to do. God has called us to love our enemies and love our neighbors as ourselves. And in order to do that, we cannot afford to mistreat them. It's just not how it works. God calls on us to live a life that is pleasing to Him. And we must do that. As His children, that's who we must be. Those who please the Lord. Remember who the enemy is. Would you do that this week? Would you remember that when you get angry at someone? Would you just take some time to pray for that person? You can contact us at fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. If you're ever stopping through Winsboro, come and see us. We're located at 502 Highland Street in Winsboro, Louisiana. Remember, you matter to God and to us.